Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. A pretty tall order in the flesh, but in the spirit it's possible if we yield ourselves to the spirit of God. But notice it says, if a man arises and he says he's a prophet or he's a dreamer of dreamer, and what he dreams or says comes to pass, but he's telling you something wrong to do, and yet the sign comes to pass, he says, disregard what he said. Today, God warns of false prophets and dreamers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio for today. Pastor Rob begins chapter 13 by analyzing warnings God gave the nation of Israel and how false prophets and dreamers can be deceiving. They were to follow the one true God and His direction and always be discerning about signs and wonders. As followers of Jesus Christ, we too should always walk in the Spirit in order to be discerning to spiritual things around us each day. The Holy Spirit will show us the truth, and the truth will set us free. Let's follow along with Pastor Rob with today's message. Father, we do give you thanks for tonight, Lord, and we thank you for your word, Lord. Whenever your word is, is read, Lord, there is great benefit of it to us. Father, whether we just read it straight through, Lord, the greatest benefit actually is just reading it straight through. Lord, we could just read from cover to cover your word uh, as often as we will, and Lord, we will come away the most blessed people just by hearing the word of God with even no commentary, with even no exposition of it at all. Lord, because your word is infallible. Lord, your word is pure. It's holy. It's it's wonderful, Lord. It, it is a cleanser of our hearts. It is a, a revealer of things that we have not known. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that this is your love letter to us. And so open it to us tonight, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, last week we looked at the uh, 12th chapter of Deuteronomy, and it really spoke of a, uh, a place of worship. Because uh, if you remember... The children of Israel, they are uh, this new generation. The old generation had passed away in the wilderness. They'd wandered around 40 years in unbelief, and God swore to them that that generation would perish, and they certainly did. And now here this new generation has risen up, and Moses has them right there in the before they cross over the Jordan River to, to face their first real battle, which was at Jericho. And they're there, and they're just kind of camped out there. And now Moses is giving them a second telling of the things that had been previously shared, uh, things in Exodus, things in Leviticus, 
and numbers. And, and those things are being retold because we need to be retold. I don't know about you, but I, I need to be reminded always. And, you know, the, the moment we think that we don't need to be reminded, it's when we need to be reminded. And the reason we need to be reminded is because we continue to fall for the same things. Uh, I don't know about you, but it can get a little discouraging when you've read a certain scripture, you've read a certain precept in the Bible, and you think to yourself, well, I've, I'm beyond this, or I've moved on, or I'm more spiritually mature to, to, than to fall for this again, right? And then you find yourself under a certain circumstance falling into the same thing again. And so when God repeats himself, and when he has his servants repeat themselves, it's not for just to waste ink on a page. It's there to constantly remind us. We need to be reminded daily of just that there is no value in this flesh at all. There is absolutely no value to our flesh whatsoever. Only the fact that the Holy Spirit has indwelt us, if you're a born-again believer, only the Spirit of God is able to bring forth from your life anything that is worth any eternal value anything good, anything positive, anything long-lasting. Because left to ourselves, we would be in the flesh and just perpetuating the things of the flesh and teaching others to master the art of the flesh, as we have. And then we all perish together, (laughs) right? But that's not God's heart. God's heart is to, he loves people, and he wants to break that chain in your life. Maybe your whole family from uh, generations past have done a certain thing. There's certain families who have alcoholism. They have drug abuse in their past. And it's just been perpetuated from one generation to another. And then here you are. And you're dabbling in that stuff. And you're starting to feel the pull. And then you have a decision to make. I can either continue to perpetuate this thing that I've learned since my childhood, or I can turn my back on it. And I can say, Lord, you have said this is wrong, and you have touched my heart, and now I turn my back on that thing. I crucify it in my flesh. I crucify it to myself. And there is when real life begins, and now you have broken the chain. And see, that's what the gospel does. That's what Jesus does. When he enters a life, he breaks the chains. If you're still wrapped up in your bondage, then you have to ask yourself the question, am I truly a child of God? Am I truly born again? Because if you're truly born again, those chains should be rattling. They should be breaking. They should be falling to the ground. It doesn't mean that you're going to be without sin. It doesn't mean that you're going to not struggle with some some sin that's really difficult in your life for you to kick, but you're going to be sinning less as time goes on, or you're going to be more aware of it as time goes on. The closer you get to Jesus, you're going to become more aware of your sinful state. And unfortunately, that's the, that's the way it is. The older we get in Christ, we ought to think that we feel more holy. But the most holy men that I have hung out with and had the privilege of you know, seeing their life, they've said just the opposite that the closer they have gotten, the more, realize, the more they realize that they are not all that. <laughs> and in fact, it humbles them. And they're more humbled as they get closer to the Lord. And I really think that's the way it ought to be. And so in, this, in the 12th chapter, God prescribed for them a place to worship. So they're on the edge of, this, of the promised land, about ready to go in. And God was going to place his name. If you remember last week, we had some really interesting graphics up on the screen because uh, God says he put his name on the place that he is going to place his name there. He's going he's to put his name on the place where they are to worship. And Jerusalem itself is, because of the three valleys that are right there in Jerusalem, 
Uh, there's the Kidron Valley uh, to the west, or to the east, I'm sorry, and then the Tyropian Valley going right on the other side of the Temple Mount, and then the Valley of Hinnom on the west side going all the way down underneath, and it forms a letter called the Shin, which in the Hebrew means Shaddai. That, that's what the, the Jews, when they see that letter, it means Shaddai, a God Almighty. And, and that's where God places his name there. We had a graphic up there last week. But God says, I'll place my name there, and he has. And when they were coming into the promised land, if you remember, it wasn't until Joshua chapter 18 that the, the children of Israel finally erected the, the tabernacle, and they kept it in Shiloh, and that's where they really began to worship. But Shiloh was just a temporary location until ultimately it would be brought to Jerusalem, you remember, under David. And then David had it in his heart to build a temple. And God says, David, you're not the man. You got too much blood on your hands, but your son will build me a house. And sure enough, it was Solomon who built that house. And so that was what chapter uh, 12 was about. And God's um, uh, encouraging them to stay away from idolatry. And so now when we get into chapter 13, let's just read it together. It says, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. It sounds like Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 that we read just a few weeks ago. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. A pretty tall order in the flesh, but in the spirit it's possible if we yield ourselves to the spirit of God. But notice it says, if a man arises and he says he's a prophet or he's a dreamer of dreamer, and what he dreams or says comes to pass, but he's telling you something wrong to do, and yet the sign comes to pass, he says, disregard what he said, because it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. You know, it's so easy when something, uh, you know, we are superstitious. Superstition is bringing and putting more credence or more hope in chance than it is in the Word of God. And some people can say, well, if I go across the road here and I don't get hit by a semi, then that means that it's okay for me to get this new credit card with a $12,000 credit limit and I'm going to go out the same day and buy a new stereo system and a new uh, sofa love seat recliner sectional thingy. Leather, of course. If I, don't, if I step out right now in front of Main Street and I don't get hit by a semi, then it's God's sign that I can do this thing, right? So you step out and there's not a car around. You look down, there's nothing coming. But we can be like that. We can be superstitious. And that doesn't honor God in the least. It doesn't honor him at all. But when God says that something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And he's not going to put some kind of false sign behind it because God's, he's consistent in his truth. And the way he portrays truth is consistent. He doesn't say, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a sign and, um, you know, you just, you can do this wrong thing that I've said was wrong in the past, but it's okay to do it now. No, he says, don't do that. And so it might be tempting when a sign or wonder comes to pass to follow someone who says something directly opposite the word of God, but we are not to listen to them or follow them. And notice that God says that 
you know, he does that to test us. He does it to test us. Not that he doesn't know the information. He already knows what we are going to do. He knows what we're capable of doing. Sometimes the Lord will, uh, uh, will, will, will give us uh, something like that, and then it'll come to pass. Somebody will say, well, let's go, let's go do this. Let's go commit a bank robbery. You know it's sin to commit a bank robbery. You know, but, and, and after we do this bank robbery, then if it's okay, then, then God will shine a rainbow in the sky or something. You know, or, and, and it's just it's silliness. And God may allow a false sign to come to pass to test us, but he will never oppose his word. Whatever he has said, he is consistent regardless. So even if, you know, something miraculous happened, someone was here in a wheelchair, and we all knew that this person was crippled from birth, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they rise up, and, and, and the, the person is dancing and running around the, the sanctuary and saying, God has healed me, and he's also told me to tell you, all you people, that it's okay to embrace you know, drug addiction. It's okay to embrace, you know, the, some of the evils of our culture. It's okay. It's okay. God just healed me. Look at me. I'm running around. And you can know right then that that is not from God, even if that person, even if the healing is real. Even if the healing is real, but the false sign that came after it was trying to um, make you believe that, you don't believe it. You run away from it. You run away from it. And then this is why there's such an allure to palm readers and tarot cards and Ouija boards. You know, the devil, remember, is not omniscient. God is omniscient. And he's omnipresent, God is. And the devil is not omnipresent. He's only allowed so much knowledge because he may be privy to the past. And see, that's where the devil has a lot of people, especially the tarot card readers and the Ouija boards. He, he knows the past. We don't even know our past. We don't even know the things that are around us, but let me tell you, there's a being who already knows what's happened in the past. So when people go and they can say, well, you can tell, you know, you go into a tarot card reader and they're saying, you know, there's, the Spirit is telling me that, you know, you have an uncle in the past who, who drove a, a, a Mustang and he, he loved this orange shirt and he drank this certain type of beer and he smoked this certain type of cigarette. And he wants me to tell you that the thing that you have under your mattress was put there by him three years ago or 30 years ago, or something like that, and you go home and you go, oh my gosh, it's real. No, the devil knows. He knows what has passed, but he's limited on what he knows, and God is in control of all things. God is the only one who can tell you things way in advance, as if they've already completed, been completed. There's no one who can do that except for God and what God allows. In verse 3, it says, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether, your love, whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, and it, and it speaks that prophet or dreamer of dreams. Let's just take a look at the prophet. You know, prophets in the Old Testament who have prophesied false lies, prophesied false things. You remember in Exodus chapter 7, uh, Exodus chapter 7 through 12, you remember when God had given to Pharaoh a number of signs to validate the, 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 the ministry of Moses and to validate the message that Moses gave to Pharaoh, and that is, let my people go. And you remember, Pharaoh said, I will not let them go. And Moses says, well, God says that by this time tomorrow, you're going to have frogs all over the place. They're going to be in your bed. They're going to be in your wife's hair. They're going to be in your kneading trough. They're going to be in your soup. They're going to be in everything, right? And you notice the diviners, the magicians, 
under Pharaoh were able to replicate those signs. And then there came a time where God would allow a certain sign to come to pass, and then the diviners couldn't. There came a point where they could not replicate it, and it was God saying, I'm in control of all of this, and I'm only going to allow these diviners and the Egyptians. Notice they, 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 could, they could mimic some of these things, some of these things, but they were false. And let me ask you a question. Notice the source. When God was bringing judgment upon those gods of Egypt, wouldn't it have been better if the Egyptians and the diviners under Pharaoh would have said, well, we can, we can stop this. So thus saith my God, this is going to stop now, and then the frogs all stop. That would have been a greater sign, because how can you validate when it's already happening whether the diviners had really done anything? Because it's just, it's happening, right? And so they do the same thing. How can you really tell? Does that make sense? Because the devil is always about destruction. And the ones who were influenced by, the, the, the men who were influenced here were of the devil. And, and so you can see that God was not in that, right? But they were able to do a certain amount. And there's the scary part for all of us because God will sometimes allow uh, someone to mimic the things that God does. And then people, unfortunately, if they're not careful, if they're not true to the Word of God, and they don't know the Word of God, they can be duped into doing all kinds of crazy things under the guise of spiritual, real spiritual Christian ministry. And a lot of things happen like that. And then people get roped into these kind of deceptions. And it happens every day. It happens every day. So if there's ever any a time where God says, you know, um, he, he does some sign, and then, he's, and then it's followed up by, you've got to, you know, somebody prophesies something, and it comes to pass, but the, the prophet is asking you to do something that's diametrically opposite the Word of God. You have every right to point your finger at that thing and say, that is not of the Lord and walk away, and don't even get involved in it. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Within this very book, there is a section here, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we're just going to look at verses 9 through 22, because it goes into some detail about this kind of thing. And this is important, and because when we look at uh, wicked customs, and we look at wicked um, uh, prophecies, you know, false prophets and false teachers, we live in, in that day. We live in a day just like they did back then, and it's still the same today. There's really nothing new under the sun. We have a lot of false teachers. Our media, believe it or not, is a false teacher. Have you thought of it like that? Because you're learning, aren't you? I was just thinking this on the, drive, on the, on the way here today. I'm thinking, you know, the, the media really has is, is become a bunch of false prophets. Not every one of them, but many of them prophesying lies, teaching lies that aren't true. And now, and think of how that affects you. I would encourage you not to listen to any of it. I would encourage you to read your Bible as much as you're listening to that stuff and reading the news. I would encourage you to read your Bible twice or three times or four times as much, honestly, because it will affect you. Things that aren't even true are being purported in the Bible or in the, uh, in the media as being true. And it affects you. It affects you because you care about this country, don't you? You care about the state of the world. You care about people. And as a result of that, you do care, and it does affect you because if you don't care, then you've got to wonder what's going on in my heart, 
right? So there is a battle going on right now. And you got a bunch of false teachers teaching lies. They're teaching you information, but it's not true, much of it, some of it. God knows. But notice in verse 9, again, Moses speaking, he says, When you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Boy, doesn't that sound like Key West. Doesn't that sound like some of our major cities? Sounds like downtown Rochester in some places. So much of this nonsense going on, and people are running to it, embracing it. And it's like, what a freedom there is to come to the Word and to know the truth. And doesn't the truth set you free? Isn't that what Jesus promised? You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But people would rather be lied to. Why is that? Why isn't the Word of God enough? For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Notice that. That's God's judgment upon it. They're an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. And wow, what a what a amazing thing that God is saying. And he goes on, he says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. So Moses is speaking here, from your brethren. Him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren. And we know that Jesus would come from the line of Judah. He would come from the line of David. And he's speaking of Jesus in, the, in these verses here. He says, I will raise for them a prophet. Notice capital P. Like you, Moses, from among their brethren, from the line of Judah, from the, going through the line of David all the way to Christ, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But notice... But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. That prophet shall die. I wonder how different the world would be if every false prophet was killed, <laughs> or if every false teacher was killed. I'd probably be dead. <laughs> Thank God for his grace, right? Thank God for his grace. But do you see the, 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 the responsibility that there is for all of us? If you're in a place of, if you're in a teaching position, if you're a, a politician, if you're part of the media, if you're in the college or universities, people are looking up to you. If you're standing before anybody sharing facts and truth with them, especially biblical truth, it's really important to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. <laughs> Right? It's important because that is what matters. And the more time goes on, the weirder things go on out in the world. I don't know about you, but I find the Word of God such a refuge. 
It's the one thing. It's the anchor, isn't it? I mean, do you know that you have an anchor? I mean, not only Jesus Christ, the living word of God, but his word. I find I can go to it and I can, I can be like, no one's going to bamboozle me here. I can read it. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited format, Simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location, and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.